Okay, so now Enoch have a question which is now why did Samson have long hair? Why did why did Samson have long hair? Elim, who's Samson? A person in the Bible, very clever. With what kind of hair? Long hair. Did he always have long hair? Not sure. Not sure. Alright, so there's a question. Now let's let's turn our Bibles to Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13. Okay, shall we read verse 5 together? Judges 13, verse 5. Now reading. For, lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Okay, now, so this is, this is where Samson was mentioned, and he would deliver the people from the Philistines. Now, so, the Bible tells us that this child shall be a Nazarite, and no razor shall come upon his head. No razor shall come upon his head means his hair will grow, and you will not cut his hair. Alright, he's a Nazarite. With a Nazarite vow. Now, so now the question is, actually, you know, what's your question exactly? Do you want to keep long hair? No. You want to keep short hair? Yes. So why do you ask about long hair? Because you don't understand why there was long hair. Okay. Now, there is a Nazarite vow um, where the people, when they have children, okay, they can... The, ch the child can have a Nazarite vow, means they take a vow to actually go through a period in their life where they um, obey God in certain things. Okay, it's, it's like um, a period of time in their life. And during this period of time, there are things that they are not allowed to do or have. Now we turn to Numbers, Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. Um, verse, verses 1 to 8. Okay, Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. Now let's read about the Nazarite life. Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. It's temporary in this case. Okay, Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. Sorry, let's begin reading. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Speak to the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar or wine, or vinegar of strong drink, and neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, neither eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation 
shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernels even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head, until the days be fulfilled, in which he separate himself unto the Lord, he shall be holy, and shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separate himself unto the Lord, he shall come to he shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother, for his brother, or for his sister, when they die, because the consecration of God is upon his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy unto the Lord. So here, do you understand? So young ones, listen. In, in the Old Testament, there is such a thing called the Nazarite vow, where the young person or person will separate himself. What is the thing that is always repeated? It's called separate themselves, right? Separate. And then we also read the word holy in verse, verse 5. Holy means to set himself apart. Hmm? So separate himself. And it is a vow. What is a vow? What is a vow? Veronica, what's a vow? Say a promise, right? Take a vow, take a promise. Take a promise to God that during this period, he will separate himself unto God. So during this period, it's called holy, means he, is, he has separated himself to God. And one of the things in verse 5, you will notice, he shall be holy and shall let the locks of his hair, of his head, grow. So his hair is supposed to grow. He's not supposed to cut it during that period. Okay, so now this is one of the things they did, you know. That's what they did. Part of the vow is that they don't eat certain things, they don't drink certain things, and their hair, they're not supposed to cut their hair. Okay, the whole point, Enoch, the whole point is for what? What's the point of doing that from what you read? To be holy, to be separate, to be separate. Alright, this word separate is repeatedly used. To be separate. So, means during this period, during this period, right, his hair will grow. Okay, this is a man, huh? Man. No matter how you draw, it still looks like a woman. Okay, this, this is a man. So, the Nazarite who take the vow, the hair must grow. Cannot cut it. Okay, cannot cut it. How to draw men, huh? Mustache, huh? okay. Mustache. Okay, so he's a man. But his hair will grow. Will, will grow. How does this look? I draw bigger. How does this look? Weird. Ah? <laughs> look weird. How else does it look? <coughs> Cannot see it. How else does it look? Faith. Grace. Faith. How else does it look? Uh, peculiar. Peculiar. <laughs> okay, another word for weird. How else? Yes. Abnormal. <laughs> so it's AB normal, right? How else? Last one. Yes. Strange. 
strange, right? So when you see someone, a man with long hair, and then with beard, for example, it looks all this, right? Yes. I have a question. Um, can they cut their beard? <laughs> <laughs> can they cut their beard? There's no mention about beard, I think. But I better check. Anyone knows? No mention of the beard, but hair definitely cannot. Okay? Don't <laughs> think of it's our question. Alright, so, so, once this person is in public, he will look out of place. Am I right? Does he look out of place? Not normal. Not normal. So, in those days, when they take the Nazarite vow, it will become very obvious. Very obvious, understand? Very obvious. Very clear that he has set apart himself. It will be very obvious, correct? Very clear. Today, is it normal for people to have long hair? Okay, we deal with, for, for guys to have long hair? It's common, but it should not be normal. We look at some verses after. So now, immediately in public, people will know he is going through something that is not ordinary, out of the ordinary, correct? Out of the ordinary. So they know he is going through a Nazareth vow. So God doesn't specifically say why he must not cut his long hair and his hair and all that. Um, there's no very clear specific reason, but that's one of the things God says he's not allowed to do during that period of vow. But I think the fact that he keeps saying set apart, set apart, set apart, holy, people will know now he is... He is having a Nazarite vow. It will be clear. Now, just from this alone, what would be the normal? Let me ask you, what would be the normal? If this is, God says now, you, you, beset yourself apart and people will know that you're, you are now going through the Nazarite vow because you have long hair, then, you know, what would be the normal in public at that time? Long hair or short hair? Short hair, right? So the normal would be Short hair. Alright, example. Okay, the normal. That will be the normal. The fact that this will set him apart from the rest would be, would tell us that what is normal? Normal is not long hair. Okay? So, Enoch, why? God doesn't say specifically why, but God does say keep the hair and, and that is your sign of setting yourself apart during that period, during the period of vow. Alright? Okay? Now, who wants to be a Nazarite today? No? Nazarite. Now, Nazarite is different from Nazarene. Eh? Nazarene. Jesus born in Nazarene. Okay? Nazarite is this Nazarite vow. Okay? If you're born in Nazarene, doesn't mean you, you are Nazarite priest or, or, or someone who has taken a Nazarite vow. You're just a Nazarene. Now, so, so what do you think is the lesson today? Those of you who want to obey God, want to be holy. So, um, Cornelius, it's time for you to grow long hair. Don't have to grow beard. Grow long hair, tie it up, and then say, I am separate. Yes? No. <coughs> so, what's the lesson for us? Should, we have, should men have long hair? Enoch, okay. uh, let me see who, Phoebe, should men have long hair? You want daddy to have long hair? Yes. 
looks strange. Looks strange. Noah, should men have long hair? Why? 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 Why not? Many many Christians like to keep long hair now. I never forget once I walked into a men's toilet, and then there was this, somebody with long hair. I thought I was in the wrong toilet. I came back out, and then look, it's men. Now went in, look at him properly. It's a man, right? Even bundle up his hair. So many people like that today. Your friends have long hair in in school. Yeah, bo- boys have long hair. I see them tie up with a ribbon and all that. Then they wear hairband and even, right? Not hairband? Well, I often see boys with hairband now, right? To keep the long hair. Why <laughs> you smile? You think it's strange? So many people in the creative industry, you know, creative industry, uh, those painters, artists, and that kind of people in the creative industry, they always must be different, right? They have long hair. Hmm? So that kind of thing. So then Christians say, yeah, I'm in the creative industry. Say, I want to look different. Is it okay for Christian men to have long hair? No. Why do you say no? Isn't long hair nice? Men should not have long hair. Who says so? Men, long hair, you know. Haircuts are very expensive in Perth. Save a lot of money. Why do you say no? Okay, why do we say no? First Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So, Christian boys don't grow up wanting to have long hair. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse, verse 14. Shall we read verse 14? Reading. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? When you have long hair, it is men who have long hair, it is called a shame unto him. It is shameful. Even God say, God's word says, even nature tells you. Now, what does even nature tell you? What, what does it mean? Even nature tells you it is, it is a shame for men to have long hair. What does it mean? Even nature tells you that. Justin, what does it mean? Even nature tells you that. The world is simply saying it's, it's unnatural. Man with long hair is not God's natural uh, intent. Yes. Does it mean that all the depictions of Jesus with long hair is wrong? What do you think? Uh, Caleb, have you seen many? Children Bible, children's Bible, or picture books with Jesus with long hair. Yeah, normally it's a bit curly at the end also. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. It is wrong because you're not supposed to have a picture of Jesus anyway. It is. It is wrong. So Chloe said it is wrong because in the first place you're not supposed to have a picture of Jesus. Why? Why not have a picture of Jesus? God tells us in the first commandment and second commandment not to make any image. Okay. Uh, so now I've got another question coming up. Alright. So, number one, is it wrong to have a picture of Jesus? Number two, is it wrong to have Jesus with long hair? 
Okay, two questions. Sing um, Yun, what do you think? Is it wrong to have a picture of Jesus? Uh, yes. Yes, it is wrong. Yes, it is okay. Yes, it is wrong. You might end up worshipping image. Okay, so we should burn all the children's... Hey, wait. Um, Faith, do you have a picture Bible when you were young? You have a few picture Bibles at home. Are there pictures of Jesus? Grace. There are pictures of Jesus. So, Tetesing Yun is coming to our house and burn all of them. <laughs> there are pictures of Jesus. Illustrations. Wow. Illustrations. Now, when is it wrong? Claude, you're the person who always have to draw draw holiday program for us. So one day say, Claude, can you draw a picture of Jesus with the young children? So are you going to draw a picture of Jesus with the young children? Yes. Yes, ah. But if the wrong is when people try to keep to bowing him or doing some worship to that image. Okay. So the commandment is teaching that you don't make anything that makes that cause you to worship, serve that kind of that kind of for that purpose. For that purpose. Alright, for that purpose. For illustration purpose. It is fine. It is not for worship purpose. Alright, so you have to be very careful. But the whole problem is this. Even when you do illustrations, can someone end up, Jesus, Jesus, make sure I bookmark this page. At night, I want to think of Jesus. I turn to that page, oh, Jesus. This is Jesus. I love you. Right? Is Is there a potential that that can happen? Also can, right? So, if you, if you have an illustration Bible, listen, young ones, adults also, when you have illustrations, you must be very clear in your mind. Okay? Be very clear in your mind, your illustration Bible. Did Jesus really look like that? No. We do not know. Alright? That is why some illustration Bibles, they just simply draw an image. No face, no one, and then in the kind of clothes that people will wear at that time. Right? They don't draw a face, they just draw a, a figure. So that people don't start to imagine, ah, I think Jesus had beard. I think Jesus had long hair. Alright? That kind of thing. To stop people from imagining, you cannot, God do not want us to imagine and make him in our image. So illustration is to show that the children did come to Jesus. He carried them. You can show those illustrations. Alright, so young ones, please don't read the Bible and think, this is how Jesus looked like. Oh, now you keep thinking that is what he is. Okay, it's illustration. So illustration is also dangerous. It's also very difficult. That's why every time holiday Bible program, we go through a lot of iterations um, to discuss, to avoid children thinking, ah, that is Jesus. Alright, Chloe? Alright, so illustrations, okay. And now you understand when you read, see all this, don't start to think, let me put Jesus tonight next to my bed, and then I'll, I'll pray to this page. Okay? It's illustration. It's to learn the lesson, but don't worship, or don't think this is really Jesus. Now, so that is answered. Any questions about this? No? 
So illustrations are not sinful, but illustrations can be dangerous. That's why we want to be careful. Okay? Now, now the question is, should we have Jesus with picture of long hair? Long hair. Nancy. Should we have a picture of Jesus with long hair? So picture is one for illustration. For illustration is okay, but Jesus, illustration of Jesus with long hair. Is it okay? Right? So the answer is always right when it's according to the Bible. According to the Bible, it is a shame for men to have long hair. Now, if this is the word of God, do you think Jesus had long hair? Jesus would not have had long hair, correct? Because, yes, you know. Do the Jews have long hair? Why do you ask that? Why do you think Jews have long hair? It's a traditional. How do you get that tradition? You saw pictures. You saw drawings. Now, one thing we know is the Word of God says, even nature tells us. That's not what God intended for men to have long hair. So Jesus would not have had long hair. So these kind of illustrations, not good. Wrong. Not good. Okay, so Claude will never draw an image of Jesus with long hair. Right? That is, that is the principle. Okay, now, so that is settled. But now the question is this. Um, Enoch, this is about... Okay, everyone, and not just Enoch. These are vows. They took vows to separate themselves wholly unto God. Alright, wholly unto God. They took vows to do that. Now, this was in the Old Testament. Okay, Elim? Old Testament, they took vows to be holy unto God. So, what about, what's the lesson for us today? What's the lesson for you today? Okay, you see, you're not, you're not fair. I should ask boys. What's the lesson for you today? Take vows to be holy to God. Should we keep long hair? Okay, we don't keep long hair. So we don't keep long hair. We don't keep long hair. But during the period of vow, I don't eat this, I don't drink that. Should we do that? Because they have Nazarite vows, right? Don't eat this, don't drink that, don't touch this, cannot attend funeral, that kind of thing. Should we do that? Hazel? No. Why not? Don't you want to be, don't you want to take vows to be holy to God? Why not? So when I was checking this, I actually go and read some of the articles. There are some people who actually teach this and say, yes, we should do this. Alright, when you are 18 years old, you should consider taking a Nazarite vow. Okay? So parents say, okay, 18 years old, take a Nazarite vow. Who's 18 years old? Justin? Okay, pretend you are 18 years old. Right? Justin will take a Nazarite vow. So, Justin, during, how many months you want? One year, alright? During this one year, he cannot cannot eat this, cannot drink that, cannot go here, cannot do that, cannot attend funeral. So keep yourself holy. This one year, Nazarite vow. It's in the Bible, what? It's in the Bible. So, what happens if someone tells you, hey, um, Justin, 
I'm a Christian. My church teaches Nazarite vow, so I'm going for Nazarite vow. Want to join me for Nazarite vow? We say no. Why? You like grapes too much. <laughs> no, why? Uh, it's, gone. it's gone. It's gone. Uh. So we don't need to be holy. We don't take vows to God. We don't want to be holy. So Justin, how can you be such a terrible Christian? I'm going for Nazarite vow, you know. I'm 18 years old, you're 18 years old. It's a good time for us to go and set ourselves apart for God. The thing is in the Old Testament. The thing is in the Old Testament. But it's got to be holy, right? What's wrong? Okay, so, so you're arguing with Old Testament. So what's the New Testament then? New Testament don't need to be holy. Don't need to set apart ourselves. Say again? Need to be holy. Ah, yeah, you're confusing me now. Need or don't need? Need or don't need? Need. Okay, if it's need, we all agree need. If it's need, then what should we do? Obey the commandments. Now, let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Okay, shall we read verses 1 and 2 together? Romans 12, are you there? Verses 1 and 2, reading together. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right? So Justin is correct. Now, in the Old Testament, they had such a thing as Nazarite vows. God did set it up for His people. But not in the New Testament. We don't see that. But in the New Testament, is the consecrated Christian life setting apart, itself apart? Is it gone just because there's no Nazarite vows? No. God says, in fact, the lesson, has, the lesson is always to teach that the believer must constantly be consecrated to God, set apart for God. Alright? So that is the physical lesson to teach the main spiritual lesson, that we are always asked to be uh, consecrated to God. Okay? Alright? So don't have this funny idea. One day after this, you go back and tell daddy and mommy, I want to keep long hair. And then don't feed me grapes anymore. That kind of thing. But you must tell daddy and mommy, I learned today that we must all be consecrated to God in our life as a Christian. In, okay? You know what's consecrated, uh, Phoebe? Consecrated means I devote myself to God wholly. I, I devote myself to God. Right? I give myself to God and let Him use me only. Okay? Consecrated. Right? So, Enoch, answer your question. They had it then. It's for consecration. Today, the Christian don't do this, but every day is a life of consecration. Okay. Now, does it answer your question, Enoch? So, should men have long hair? No. Okay, it is, Baba say it is a shame. It is a shame. Now, next question is this. Uh. Okay, try this one. 
Now, this is a this is a difficult question. It's about a kind of like a teenager adult question. But young people, you should learn. Young ones, you should learn about church. You should learn about church. Okay. So the person submitted a question and asked, "Where is it?" Okay. So pay attention. All right. Try to understand the semi-adult question. Now, the person says, um, well, my family mentioned about part-time pastors. Part-time pastors. Part-time pastors. Okay, part-time pastors. In other words, someone who has a secular job on weekdays. What a part-time pastor? That is very common today in churches to have part-time pastors. Okay, you must know that. There are many churches that have part-time pastors. Part-time pastors are people that work in the world. They have a job in the secular world. And then they are also pastor of a church. Understand that, Ilip? Okay. Now, he says this. The person asks this. How do I prove? Okay, part-time pastors means secular job on weekdays, pastor on weekends. Pastor on weekends. Weekdays, he's a... Working person outside. How do I prove from the Bible that this role is full-time? Full-time means weekday, weekend, all the time, 24 hours a day. He's a pastor in the church and pastor serving the church and not having his own secular job outside. How do I prove from the Bible? Hey, do you understand so far? Grace. Understand? Grace. Faith? Understand? Understand, huh? Now, how do I prove from the Bible? But anyway, the person said, my family member said this is not very important. But most important thing is that we spread the gospel. So part-time, full-time, ayah, doesn't matter. Lah. You know? Why don't Pastor Joseph go and go and work outside and then just weekend be our pastor during the weekdays, just go work. All that is most important is, well, the church preached the gospel. And he preached the gospel. That's all. Alright? What's so difficult? Preach the gospel only, right? Preach the gospel, just weekend, preach the gospel, day, weekdays, go and work. That's it. So the person asks this, how do I prove from the Bible that this is the case? Who wants to prove? Should we have part-time, should churches have part-time pastors? Is it right? Where a pastor, say, I want to be a pastor of your church, alright, and then will actually continue to work in the secular world. Noah, what do you think? Should or should not? Not sure. So that's why we are here. Very good. So one day, now one day when I die, okay, after I die, then one pastor comes and he says, oh, I will be your church pastor. Don't worry, you don't have to pay me because I will work in the world. Anyway, my, work, my job outside makes me a lot of money. In fact, if you have me as a pastor, it's very good because I'm so rich, I can give a lot of money to your church. I'm a working part-time pastor. Okay, do you want? Do you want? Jennifer, do you want? No, why not? Why not? There are many like that. So they are doctors or engineers or what outside. And then they are weekend pastors. Vincent? Um, he cannot fully focus on his uh, 
He cannot fully focus on doing God's work. But that's just your opinion. So the person asks an important question, how do I show from the Bible? What is in the Bible? That's a question. What is in the Bible? Now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So if one day after I die, you know I recently went to remove my wisdom tooth, right? My wisdom tooth. And then they put me on GA, you know general anesthesia? Means I, I, I'm sleeping. Before that, the doctor keep asking, the anesthetist, do you have problem waking up from, NS, from GA? Do you have problem waking up from GA? I said, not that I know of only once. So they tried to wake me up. They could not. They told Sharon. We couldn't wake him up. So they were a bit worried. They thought I would die. But I remember them, I remember them trying to wake me up, actually. And all I remember is them saying, he's a pastor. He's a pastor. <laughs> That's all they said. You know, they won't say, oh, maybe he... And the only thing I think, they think just because I'm pastor means I, if I die, I'll go to heaven. <laughs> Why do they keep talking about that? Or maybe he's a pastor. It's all right if he can't wake up, he dies, he goes to heaven. <laughs> right? Now, so should we, should we have pastors that are part-time pastors? Now, let us see what the Apostle Paul says. Can you read from verses... Now, now verse 1... To verse 6. Shall we read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1 to verse 6? 1 to reading. I say the truth in Christ. Eh, first, uh, sorry, my fault. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1 to verse 6. 1 to reading. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? And are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as a brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working. Okay, enough. Have now, what is happening? Um, the Apostle Paul questioned the people. Alright, they questioned the people. He said, Am I any different from other apostles? Alright? Am I different from other apostles? The other apostles they had all these things. And, and then he says in verse 6, Am I and Barnabas different from those that serve God in the ministry? Have we not power to forbear working? Have we not power to forbear working means, do we have, don't we have the power to not work? Just like the other apostles, understand? So he said, just like, hey, why, are you, why are you having different expectations on me? Why are you treating me differently? Me and Barnabas. The other apostles, they don't work. Is it wrong for Barnabas and I also not to work? Okay, so come back to what is the norm? Enoch, what is the norm? The norm, the normal is the people working, serving the Lord in the ministry full-time, is working the normal or not working is the normal? Okay, 
Okay, Elim. Not working is the normal. Because he said, like, the other apostles, it's normal for them to not work. What about me and Barnabas? Do you think we can also say that we don't want to work? Now, in fact, he says further. Look at verse 9 to... Read from verse 9 to 14. 9 to 14. Now he says, what, what is the normal? What is, what is God's teaching? Verse 8 to 14. Reading, Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth not God take care for oxen? Or saith he altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plough in hope, and he that treasureth in hope should be partaker of this hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the holy things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. So the person asks, is there a Bible verse? These are the Bible verses that Paul says, I'm not speaking as a man. Paul says, in the Old Testament to the New Testament, they that, they that preach the gospel, they that serve God in the ministry, they will live off the ministry. Alright, it is here. Granted, the Apostle Paul says, yes, there's one period that I worked. And actually, even when he did, he scolded them. For some reason, Paul said, I'm not going to be indebted to you, but it was temporary. Please know that. Paul would never teach the norm and then go and do the opposite. But he said, yes, a period I did that. And I put you to shame. You all did not care for the ministers of God or for whatever reason. Then he says, the norm is, they, verse 14, even so that the Lord hath ordained. So who ordained? The Lord ordained. What did he ordain? That they which preach the gospel should live off the gospel. So he said, I sow spiritual things. Should I not reap carnal things? Means he said, the, the full-time worker must work full-time and the church will take care of his earthly needs so that he can focus on the ministry. Okay? Alright. So next time, if a pastor comes after I die, say I didn't wake up from GA, right? And then they say, oh, this pastor says very good. He will work. Not like that lazy Joseph. Should you take him? Sing Yuan. No, why not? Because that is not God's ordained model. That's not God's ordained model. Alright, it is wrong. You have many problems. Okay, now, the next one. Let's go further. Some more Bible verses, then we have to stop. Soon. Um, now, what does God command the pastor to do? Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 
Let's read together. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, this is an instruction given to Timothy, the young pastor. The senior pastor says, Timothy, spend your time studying the word of God so that you know how to handle the word of God rightly. Someone who has no time, who's working in the secular world, engineer, doctor, whatever outside, has no time to study the word of God as he ought to. What will happen? He will teach you whatever comes to his mind. Right? In fact, he's going to learn a lot of things in the secular world. How he's going to interpret the Bible is going to be based on what he learned in the secular world. We see that all the time. Full-time studies. The pastor must be properly trained. If not, it's very dangerous. Alright? So people will interpret any or how you can't defend the word of God. You can't rightly divide the word of God. Do you want a pastor who you ask a question? You say, Pastor, my friends say this. Then you ask the question and the pastor say, I got no time to study. I'm a very busy engineer, you know. Pick and we just go and preach the gospel. Wow, can you go away and not ask me this teens QA question? I got no time to study that. Do you want a pastor like that? Or you want a pastor who says, submit the question, he will go back and study and check and give you the right biblical answer. Right? So God says he must study. Now, next one. Second P, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. Okay, instead of this, instead of this, let's turn to another one which is uh, similar. Now turn to Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Shall we read together? Now, what did the apostles say? We are workers in the ministry. What are the workers in the ministry to do? Acts chapter 6, verse 4, reading. But we will give ourselves part-time. No, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So the pastor is supposed to give himself continually, not part-time, to the ministry of the word and to pray. Alright? So part-time how? When I'm operating on a patient. Pray. Oops, sorry, I cut out the wrong part. Fixing the aeroplane. Alright? Pray without sin. So the person is to focus his life on praying. Pray much. So pastors must know this. Pray much for the church, for the people. He must be, give himself to the study of the word. Alright? Um, so that is one of the things. What else? What else is he expected? Now, Acts chapter 20, verse 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 20. Let's read together. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house. So you see the person what? From company to company. Is it? From office to office. From house to house. So part of my week is to do visitation, to do house to house, some of the things to explain some, some struggles that people have, like counsel, visitation, the elderly, house to house. That's one of the role. So the person is, is asked to do that. Now, last one, Acts 20 verse 28. Acts 20 verse 28. So you see the life of the ministers. The apostles set the example. Acts 20, 28, read. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God, 
which he had purchased with his own blood. Now, please know this is the instruction given by the Apostle Paul to the pastors. Among them that he spoke to were the pastors. Do what? Take heed to yourself. Now, make sure you do this, pastors. Now, you are given um, oversight. Be overseers. Overseers means you are supposed to take care of them, rule them, care for them. Who can be a part-time shepherd? You know what happens to part-time shepherd? You know shepherds, right? What's a shepherd? Look after sheep, right? A part-time shepherd is someone who, okay, I'm a shepherd. Then at the other time, I'm busy um, working in the city, taking care of a shop. What will happen to the sheep? Die. Why die? The wolf will come. Overseer is someone who constantly care for the sheep. Feed the sheep, care for the sheep, protect the sheep, know the sheep, pray for the sheep. Alright? So these are the roles. Can a part-time, does this describe a part-time person working in a ministry? No. It does not. Okay? So I hope that you're very clear. Then the last one. Is it all about preaching the gospel? If we all ate lunch, right? So, okay, finish. Is it just about preaching? Just preach the gospel. This weekend we have evangelism. Weekdays, nothing happened in church. Now, I actually read a pastor who wrote this. The pastor said this. He's a part-time pastor, all right? He's a part-time pastor that brags about playing golf during weekdays, working as a, I can't remember, engineer or something like that, and all that. And he boasts this. He actually said, you know, churches have got it all wrong today. It's just all about preaching the gospel. We can. And we can people come to church. And he said, the churches have got it all wrong. Weekdays, churches should not have prayer meeting. Churches should not have Bible study. Weekdays, people in church should not go and disturb families. Because weekday is family time. Only disturb them on the weekend, on Sunday, and ask them to evangelize. Other than that, leave the family alone. You pastors are very bothersome. See, I'm a new age pastor. It's all unbiblical. Understand that? These are human concepts. This is wrong. Young ones, do you understand? Do not want a pastor that is like that. Okay? Alright. So, it is not just about preaching the gospel. In fact, we studied. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Teaching them. Then baptizing them. There's the teaching. There are two parts. There's the baptism. There's the teaching, which the Apostle Paul talked about. The teaching. You cannot teach if you are not a learner. Do you want a part-time engineer to be your pastor? No. Why? Will he teach you properly? Will he know God's word as he should? Very, very difficult. Alright, so it is very common. Too common. It's very frustrating. Sometimes I go to churches before I came to um, the BP movement. There are pastors who openly on the pulpit, they talk about, I'm a doctor, and then that kind of thing. And they think just because they are a doctor, they are very smart, means they will understand God's word. They don't need training. It's very dangerous thinking, alright? So, it's a wrong kind of church today. Satan, why does Satan, last question, why does Satan want part-time pastors? Why does Satan want part-time pastors kind of concept? Brenda, why? Why do you think it's so popular now? So sheep will starve. Sheep will not be protected. What else? You teach the wrong things. Say again? They are vulnerable. They are exposed. 
Right? So that is not God's model. Okay? So answer the question. Alright? It is in the Bible. Now that is all we have time for. We'll come back the next time. Let us pray. Please submit your questions. Let us pray.